and welcome to another episode of the Gray Matter Podcast, a podcast all about helping you think theologically about God, about life with Jesus, and about the Bible. Well, I'm so glad that you have joined with me today. Uh, I'm going to be talking about how to stay sane and spiritual in quarantine. I know all of us are at a breaking point in this quarantine pandemic situation, and so I want to give you some practical steps about how you can not lose your mind and how you cannot lose your intimacy with Jesus during this time. Well, I don't know about you, but I am uh, reaching the end of my limit in terms of uh, this quarantine period. I'm ready for restrictions to be lifted. I know we've got to do that wisely, but uh, I know most of the people that I follow and talk to are right there with me or further along. We're just ready. As a people, we are ready to get back to some kind of new normal. Uh, I think most people recognize it is going to be a new normal. Nothing's going to be necessarily the same as it was. Um, But I think what we mean by that typically is we're ready for some external structure, some normalcy, normal rhythms, if you will, to be put back in our life. Um, What I've realized is that this has been a time that's been essentially rhythmless, uh, or learning new rhythms at least. And because for me at least, I've been working at home and uh, trying to just really restructure my whole way of of doing work and life and family and uh, spirituality and chasing after Jesus and church. All of those rhythms are brand new for me now. Uh, The old structures and way of doing things have been stripped away by quarantine. And uh, for me, that's been really difficult. You know, I've realized that for myself, um, and this is something I've realized over the last several years, but I really thrive with external structures put in my life. Um, So a great example of this is since I've stopped playing sports, I found it really difficult to get back into lifting weights or exercising uh, or going to the gym. And I've tried on multiple different occasions and uh, it's been so hard to get back in. But what I've realized is for all of my life, I've had external structures that have been the motivators for me to be in the gym and to uh, be pushing myself. You know, I've had coaches, I've had teammates, I've had... Uh, times where I've had to be places, all these things put on me by other people that have helped motivate me and push me along uh, with whatever it is I'm working on. Uh, Not the same now that I'm out of college sports. And so it's been really difficult for me to find that drive and and create that structure myself. Now, other people um, don't rely as much on external structures. You're more of an internal motivator, which means that you are finding those structures, creating those structures for yourself on an ongoing basis. Neither of those are right or wrong. It's just a matter of we're all created differently. And um, But essentially, we can find yourself in one or two of those categories. External structures are really helpful for you, or you lean more into those internal structures. Now, what isn't the case is that there, there's no such thing as a person who doesn't uh, just thrive with some kind of rhythm of life or structure. Right? There's actually no such thing as a person who just completely rebels against all structure, all uh, predictability. Um, there's no such thing as just this free flowy kind of person who 
has uh, no rhythm to their lives. Um, that's, that's a myth. We all as humans actually have this great desire just in our hearts for rhythms, for predictability, for safe spaces, for time structures that help us to feel safe and, and in some kind of uh, flow or rhythm of life. Um, we all have this relationally as well, where we, we yearn for safe people that we can trust that are predictable. Um, in every way, we all thrive and, and seek after this structure. There's a study that some Harvard uh, psychologist or sociologist did some years back, and it was on a, a playground at an elementary school. And they had this theory. They thought, you know what? If we took the fences away from this playground, it's going to free these kids up to play and to explore so much more beyond what they're able to explore in this little confined area. So they removed the fence, and what they found shocked them. Because rather than going completely all over the place and exploring and going out into the road and, all, you know, just completely spreading out. What these kids actually did was they clustered together around the playground equipment. Rather than forcing them out and freeing them to explore more and to have more ability to be themselves and explore where they wanted to go, the removal of external structures actually paralyzed them. It paralyzed these kids. It made them feel unsafe so that they didn't venture out at all. So what they did is they put the fence back in place, and guess what happened? Well, the kids spread out. They went exploring to the furthest part of the boundaries without going past it. Why? It's because external structures, in this case a fence in an elementary school playground, made them feel safe. Now, I think that's an illustration for how God has created us as human beings. We are not, um, we are never to find life, peace, or security internally within ourselves. Even though some of us are internal motivators and are better at finding and creating rhythms ourselves, we are all dependent on life and rhythms that are outside of us and that are ultimately grounded in the Creator Himself. And so, what I want to do today is to help us find rhythms in a rhythmless time of quarantine. I want to help you as quarantine ends, find some practices that you can put into place in your life and that will help you stay sane and feel like you are connecting with God in this time of quarantine. So the first thing I would say, I'm going to have six of these, just if you're one of these people that likes taking notes. There are six practices that I'm going to talk about. And the word practice is so essential, right? It's so essential. Um, other words for this are spiritual disciplines. Okay, so disciplines, practices. The key here is that these are things that train us for the real thing. All right, so what is the real thing? Well, the real thing is being emotionally healthy, spiritually healthy. The real thing is having communion and relationship with God himself. And so what I'm talking about are practices that help train your mind, your heart, your body to have that kind of communion with God, that life with God on an ongoing basis. And for uh, centuries and really millennia, thousands of years, uh, spiritual directors, faith leaders, um, people have been talking about the importance of these practices which shape us in the way of life, in the way of leaning into our Creator and depending on Him. And so I want to pull from some of this ancient wisdom and give you just six practices that I think are going to help you tremendously in this time of quarantine. So the first one is this. Each day, each day, I want you to practice getting alone and getting quiet. Every day, 
practice getting alone and getting quiet. In the language of spiritual disciplines, this would be called silence and solitude. Now, this is more difficult than it may seem because um, I know if you are someone working from home, if you're especially a stay-at-home mom right now, you're thinking, yeah, that sounds amazing. That You know, silence and solitude. Um, I can't even go to the bathroom by myself without seeing a little hand come from under the door um, or a child yelling and needing me. Or um, maybe you're so busy with work right now, you're thinking, I don't even know what silence and solitude could mean right now. Um, there's a practical side of this where it's just really difficult to even imagine how we could be silent and how we could be alone. Now, I know some of you are staying uh, by yourself right now. For whatever reason, you are alone in quarantine and you have the opposite problem. You have too much silence and solitude and what you need to lean back into or find ways to lean back into, I know it's hard right now in quarantine, um, is, is community. Community and being with other people in relationship is another spiritual discipline uh, we'll talk about that on another time. But right now, what I really want to focus on is for those of us who are who are busy and surrounded by people and are unable to find those rhythms outside of ourselves to get alone and to get quiet, we have a practical need to get by ourselves. Blaise Pascal, who is a theologian and a mathematician, um, not two things I would ever put together. He says that um, most of us have an inability to sit quietly in a room with ourselves. You know, just just us and our own thoughts, our own soul. And the reason is because when we get by ourselves and we get quiet and all the distractions are stripped away, oftentimes it, it's unbearably quiet, right? Like our own thoughts, our own desires, our own faults, all of those things, when everything else is stripped away, all of those things can, can almost be haunting to us. They can drive us to want to busy ourselves so we don't have to think about it, so we don't have to sit with ourselves. But Pascal says this, he says, these are the times that we have to have in order to one, think about our own frail condition, our own brokenness, our own mortality, and in so doing, to then consider God and his wholeness and in his eternity. You see, it's only when we get by ourselves and we recognize what's happening in our hearts, what's happening in our thoughts, what our desires are, that we can then cast those things onto God and lean into Him as being the source of all that we need. Getting alone and getting quiet is probably one of the most difficult things that we could do, but I would argue that it is the most important thing that you can do to stay sane and healthy during this time, uh, to stay connected to God. It's the ability to know and to recognize what's happening in your heart, what's happening in your mind, and how you can then give those things to God and to depend on Him fully, to abide in Him, as Jesus would say in John 15. Now, you're thinking, that's impossible. There is no time to get quiet and to get by myself. Well, this is where you have to put forth some effort. One of the things that's crazy about spiritual disciplines and about true rest is that in order to find true rest, in order to truly do things that are going to bring refreshment to your soul, is that you actually have to put forth some effort on, on the beginning parts of it. Getting alone and getting quiet is going to be something that's going to take some effort initially on your part. But when you put forth that little bit of effort, the restoring and refreshing aspects that come from that time alone with God are, are going to far outweigh whatever effort you put into it. So for you, that might mean waking up an hour early 
and finding some time by yourself in a closet or downstairs um, in a bathroom locked away, whatever, wherever you need to go and just finding some time before everyone else is awake. It might be that you aren't a morning person and you need to stay up later than everyone else and just get 30 minutes by yourself. We see Jesus doing both of these in the, in the gospels. We see him at different points waking up early while it's still dark and getting away to pray, climbing up on a mountain. Uh, you don't have to do that. That'd be cool though. Um, we also see him staying up late after he's been working pretty much 24 seven ministering to people. He goes away while the disciples go to sleep and he spends the whole night praying. Why? It's because Jesus recognized that true rest for his soul didn't come just from sleeping or just from having a vacation. True rest for his soul came with dealing with the restlessness um, in his heart. And the only way to do that is to get alone and to get quiet. So that's the first thing you need to do. Find time to get alone, get quiet. Honestly, it might be the most important thing that you can do during this time. The second thing that you need to do, and I think this actually um, coincides perfectly with that first point, is that you need to daily find time to read the Bible and pray. Find time daily to read the Bible and pray. This is simply um, what we talk about when we mean having a quiet time or having a personal devotional life. This is you finding a moment to read some amount of scripture, God's words to you, and to speak to him in just a focused way. And so what I would say is while you are getting alone and while you are getting quiet, this is a perfect practice to add into that as well. Not just do you want to get alone and get quiet, spend some time in just silence. Fill the silence, not with your own voice necessarily, but with God's voice. And then out of the word that you read in scripture, turn to him in prayer. An easy way to get uh, some time in the Word and to create some structures there is just to download the Bible app by YouVersion. Uh, there's lots of Bible reading plans. There's a verse of the day. Man, if you don't know where to start, just get the verse of the day and read it and then start praying. If you don't know uh, where to start even praying, praying is just talking to God. And so a great way to do it, I, I like the acronym PRAY, P-R-A-Y. It's just praise. It's it's talk to God and tell him what's great about him. You know, it's it's thanking him for whatever is good in your life. Uh, the R is repent. As you think about what is great about God, a lot of times it moves us to see what's not great about ourselves. And so we want to repent. We want to turn away from those things. We want to confess those things to God. The A is to ask. We want to ask God whatever's on our hearts. What are the burdens that we have? What are the people, who are the people in our lives that are hurting that we need to pray for and intercede for? And then the why is to yield. To yield is simply to surrender. It's to end your time in prayer simply by saying, God, I'm yours today, right now. Speak to me, lead me. I'm going to follow you. You're the master, I'm not. If you just follow those simple ways of connecting with God, on a daily basis, I promise you, you not only will you stay sane in quarantine, but you will be growing spiritually in intimacy with Jesus. The third thing that I would encourage you to do, uh, the third practice, which it might sound odd in a um, podcast talking mainly about staying spiritually connected, spiritual practices. Um, but the third thing that I would encourage is for you to find some way of exercising every single day. Now, I've already mentioned that this is difficult for me. And um, I will say during quarantine, I've actually done better than I've done 
at any other time in the last 10 years since I stopped organized sports, largely due to my wife, who is way more of an internal motivator than I am. So thankfully, she's added some of that external structure that I've lacked. Um, because exercise is so significant right now in this time. Um, one, because it relieves stress. Um, and two, it just keeps your body and your mind healthy. We have a tendency in America, especially especially in the Bible Belt where I live, to disconnect our bodies from our spirits. Um, that is basic dualism, ancient Gnosticism, which are big words to say um, heretical beliefs that are not biblical at all. The, the biblical vision of our bodies is that we, we are not just souls with a body. Um, we are not just souls with um, bodies that we need to try to escape and get out of someday, but we are bodies and souls intermingled, and it's always meant to be that way. And the redemption that God promises us, the salvation God promises us, the eternal uh, life that God promises us uh, in heaven is not a disembodied heaven. It is an embodied eternal life with Him where God gives us resurrected, redeemed, restored bodies where our souls are brought to life by the Spirit of Jesus in all new ways. And what that means in our current lives and the time before all that happens when Jesus returns is that we need to take care of our bodies. Our bodies are integral to our spiritual lives. One of the best ways for you to be healthy spiritually and mentally is just to find ways to exercise. Now, for you, that might be as simple as just going on a walk once a day. It might be going out and jogging around the neighborhood. That's what we've been doing. And we've made it a family time where we get in at the same time every day, pretty much, and get the girls in the stroller. And we kind of have our path around the neighborhood that we're running and we're kind of pushing ourselves for different times each day. And it's worked out perfectly for us. Um, you might be a more fit person and it might be creating your own little workout rhythm in your garage or around the house. I, I don't know what it might be uh, for you, but the point is do something active that's going to get your body moving, get the blood flowing. And um, by doing that, you're going to be more in tune with your body. And being in tune with your body is, is essential for healthy spirituality. So first thing, get alone, get quiet. Second thing, read the Bible and pray. The third thing, exercise. The fourth thing, which easily again will coincide with exercise is to just go outside, to go outside. Um, quarantine has a staying inside far more than normal. And um, that is not great for our emotional health. Anybody will tell you fluorescent lights or any kind of light, staying inside, screen time. Gosh, screen time has been increase like crazy. It is not good for our souls, people. We've got to find time to get outside, work outside if you can, um, go on these walks, go on these runs, do as much as you can outside. Um, I tend to be someone who enjoys being inside in the comfort of my living room on my couch. I thank the Lord for a comfortable couch and a comfortable place that God's given us to live. Um, but my wife, again, the internal motivator who gives me external structures, always pushes me to go outside and I, I, I rail against it. I want to be comfortable in the den, uh, but she says, Gray, you will never regret going outside. And, and she's right. Every time we go outside, I come back feeling refreshed. I come back feeling like I've gotten that vitamin D from the sun, right? It has the ability to lift my spirits if I'm feeling down. It has the ability to give me a sense of peace. And so I just encourage you, don't stay inside. Get, get outside at least once a day for something. Um, and if you can do that and exercise, hey, you've just killed two birds with one stone. And that's the best thing to do with all of these is to stack them. The fifth thing I would say is to choose books over screens. 
choose books over screens. All right, so look, I know that we we all have to lean into technology even more. I love technology. Um, my whole uh, degree that I just finished up ha has been focusing on the, the intersection of theology and technology and, and how we need to better understand technology and adapt to it. Uh, so I'm all about integrating technology into our lives and appreciating it for the gift that it is from God. However, I also know that too much screen time um, is really bad for our emotional and spiritual health. And I, you don't have to go far to find those studies. Just do a Google search. You will see um, too much screen time is really detrimental. And so what I would do is, is especially if you're like me and you're using your computer or your phone pretty much all day now for work, um, in lieu of in-person face-to-face meetings, if you are having a screen in front of you instead, in the evening hours, prioritize grabbing a book or something to read or grab a game to play with someone in your family or a stack of cards and play solitaire. I don't know. Do, do something that is not screen related. Uh, my favorite thing to do is grab a book because then you can get all the benefits of reading. And if that's fiction or nonfiction, whatever, reading is great for you. It's great to relieve stress. It's great to get your imagination going in healthy ways. Um, so in the evenings, if you can, this is the best time to do it. Put the screens away, turn the phones off, grab a book or something to read, and it will help you to stay sane and, and spiritual and healthy in this time. The last thing that I want to encourage you to do, every week you need to set aside one day for Sabbath. Now Sabbath to you may sound like something that's super legalistic. It may sound like something that's super religious, that's super Old Testament, that has no bearing on your life today. Uh, not gonna lie, I grew up thinking this idea of Sabbath was just awful. <laughs> like, why would I want to take a day where I'm gonna just feel bad if I do anything, right? And I had this idea of it was more about what I couldn't do um, rather than understanding the benefits th that it had for me. And, and what I've realized recently in studying more about spiritual formation and spiritual practices, is that God has created the world with a rhythm of rest every seven days. What we see echoed throughout scripture is that this practice of resting every seventh day comes out of the creation narratives of Genesis 1 and 2. God works for six days in creation, and then he takes the seventh day off as a Sabbath, as a rest. And because of that, he has this pattern uh, or the standard in the universe that um, we are healthiest if we adhere to, if we work for six days and, and we rest for the seventh. So what does Sabbath mean? Well, the first thing is Sabbath literally means to stop. It means to stop from doing your normal work. All right. So this means that for, and for some professions, this is going to be way harder than for others, but it means for one day a week, you are putting aside your normal work and you're saying, I'm, I'm stopping this. I'm giving my soul, my mind, my body a break from work. That means if you are all day on the phone, maybe you're turning the phone off. That means if you're all day on the computer, you're putting the computer away. Um, that means if you're into the office or whatever, that means you're staying home. It, it means you are stopping the normal work. But it also means that you are delighting. So the thing about Sabbath that I miss growing up is that it's all about delight. 
Jesus tells the religious leaders who are trying to get on to him for working during the Sabbath. What was Jesus doing? Well, he was healing somebody, right? So, so Jesus retorts back to these religious leaders who are like, Jesus, you are a sinner because you are working on the Sabbath day. And Jesus retorts and he says this. He says, it's not that man was created for the Sabbath, but the Sabbath was created for man. And I think that's such a great line to remember is that Sabbath is for us. Sabbath is for delighting in all of God's gifts to us. It's about delighting in rest. It's about delighting in good food. You know, ancient Israel had feast days all throughout the year. I am so bummed that we don't have this in contemporary evangelicalism. Um, Seriously, feast days throughout the year to just remember God's goodness. They had that built into their normal life of worship. And it's something that Sabbath is supposed to be on a weekly basis. It's supposed to be a weekly time of not just stopping work, resting, but delighting. It's it's a time of enjoying good food. It's a time of doing all of the things that bring the most joy and satisfaction in your life. It's about doing the things that bring delight to you and that focus your heart and your mind on the goodness that God has created in this world. But this third part is is crucial. It's so essential to true Sabbath. And it's not just to stop, it's not just to delight, but it's to worship. All right, so any of the things that you are delighting in ultimately have to lead you to that worship. They have to lead you to a place of thanking God uh, for what he's given you. Find some time in quarantine to Sabbath. This is about doing whatever you can. It's not about the day of the week. It's not about when it is for you. It's about striving after the practice of stopping because stopping forces you to trust not in yourself, but to trust in God. And then when you stop and you start delighting, it, it, it allows your soul to be refreshed. And when that delight is a delight that leads you to worship, it allows your, your heart to have true rest, your soul to have true rest, your body to have true rest. Remember, rest is not about the time that you have off. It's not about the amount of sleep you get. Rest is not about um, the absence of the work that you're doing. Rest, true rest in the Christian sense is about dealing with the restlessness of your soul. And the only way to deal with the restlessness of your soul is to find your rest in God himself. And so I hope that you will jump into these, that one, you will get alone and get quiet. Two, you will read the Bible and pray. Three, you will exercise. Four, you will get time outside. Five, you will choose books over screens. And six, that you will find time to Sabbath every week. Because when you do these things, I promise you, there will be life attached to them. You know, quarantine is a time that has been rhythmless, but I really do believe that it could be a great training ground for creating rhythms that will stick with us when things go back to some some sort of normal, uh, you know, some form of normal in the future when quarantine is lifted and we phase back into life again. Um, I really believe that this is a time where if we would lean in to um, creating these rhythms for ourselves, abiding into the love that Jesus has for us with, through these practices, these practices that are tried and true, um, for, from many generations before us, if we will lean in, if we will start practicing some of these things, I think not only will we find that we are more 
emotionally, mentally, physically, and spiritually healthy, but I think we'll find that we're actually growing in our faith and, and that that will transition us very well to whatever life after quarantine has for us. Well, thank you all for jumping into the podcast today. Uh, please don't forget if you're new here to hit the subscribe button in whatever platform you're listening on. Um, also, I would really appreciate it if you would leave me a review. Uh, this has been helpful to you at all. Um, these reviews really help catapult new podcasts to the top of search feeds so that people who are looking for some help on some of these different issues uh, can find this information, this content way more quickly. So um, please leave a review, leave a comment. I'd love to hear from you and uh, as well as share these things, share uh, these episodes on your uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, send it in a text or an email to a friend who you think it might help. Um, all of that really just helps get the word out there. And this isn't about me building some kind of platform or um, some kind of audience. That's, I, I don't care less about that. To me, this is just about getting content that might help people know and love Jesus better. So share away get this into other people's hands if they need it and hopefully this will be a place again that will help people think theologically about god the bible and life with jesus thanks so much for being with me on the podcast i'll see you next week for a new episode of gray matter